Welcome to Let's Talk About Leadership, Service, and Sisterhood, a podcast sponsored by California Rainbow. Founded in 1922, Rainbow is a premier service organization for young girls ages 8 to 21. In California, we have approximately 60 assemblies. These young leaders learn the importance of serving others and gaining lifelong sisters. Learn more at gocarainbow.org. Welcome back to the Let's Talk About Leadership, Sisterhood, and Service podcast, a California IRG projection. I'm Jody Anders, your facilitator, and today we're going to talk about supporting nonprofit organizations with two of our former state leaders, 2016 Grandworthy Advisor Colleen Penaluna and 1991 Grandworthy Advisor Paula Claiborne. These ladies led the entire state of California at the tender ages of 18 and 19 and had the unique experiences of picking a nonprofit organization for the entire state to support throughout their year. We're joined today by our host, member Brianna. Let's get to it. Brianna, do you have some questions for our guests? I do. So the first question is, what is our grand service project for this year? And what is a grand service project? I can hop in and answer, <laughs> unless Paula wants to. Uh, I know a grand service project this year is Positive Teams. Um, they're an organization based out of San Diego, um, and they help support um, service dogs, um, training the service dogs, matching them uh, with you know their person that they're going to be assisting and loving and living with. And really what a grand service project is, is a project that the entire state of California Rainbow is raising money for and supporting together throughout the year. So annually it changes. Um, every year we have a new core of state officers that get appointed and the state president or grandworthy advisor um, gets to choose what that annual project will be. And then sort of as a whole state, we get to work together to raise money and um, engage with that project. Um, every local assembly is often doing projects in their own local community too, but it's really cool to have kind of a singular project that everyone also is connected together to work towards. So the second question is, how does California Rainbow um, choose the Grand Service Project? Ali, do you want to talk about your experience first? <laughs> no, I actually am really excited to hear your experience first, because I'm curious how it's changed kind of like over the years. Same. <laughs> So um, back in 1990, when I was first appointed, and I think the I was still in a bit of that um, trying to understand what has just happened to my lifetime, um, and I was presented with um, three nonprofits that were in the Southern California, uh, predominantly Southern California area, that had been um, recommended by current members. Um, I actually happened to know after the fact um, the person who submitted uh, the project I ended up selecting. And so each of the programs back then was VHS. <laughs> and uh, so I had a VHS tape and kind of a, a fact sheet to review that talked about the mission of the organization, um, the population that it served, kind of its, its core um, you know, values and, and what, it, uh, what their objectives were, what, what impact they were trying to have on the community. Um, I cannot tell you the other two. I know they were um, worthy causes, however, um, the the Ahead with Horses program that I chose 
really stood out because um, it impacted number one children. Um, it had a direct impact from its equine therapy. Um, so it really just stood out to me as a, um, a small, single operating location uh, for children who have developmental disabilities. Um, at that time, it was very much physical disabilities. And then after all of these many years, um, more than 50 years now that they've been around, um, they actually, they have children who have um, all levels of the spectrum of, of autism, um, children who are just nonverbal, either have hearing impairment, but still physical disabilities. Um, it just really struck me that it was a direct service impact, but I had three to choose from and I didn't have to, in those days, we didn't have Google. So it really kind of helped me narrow the focus and very quickly realize what kind of made a, a big appeal to me uh, was the direct impact on kids. Colleen, I'd love to hear how it's changed. Um, it's definitely changed. I I could be a little bit wrong. I believe by like the earlier 2000s, maybe 2010s, I know there was like a binder I kind of heard rumors about um, that had like kind of like pre-approved projects that the Grammarly advisor could flip through. Um, and if anything spoke to her, she could choose it. But I don't think she was like tied specifically to that binder. By the time I was appointed in 2016, um, you know, obviously we like had the internet, so it was pretty easy to hop online. I used a website called Charity Navigator that already um, kind of rates and reviews nonprofits for how um, transparent there are and if they're filing their tax returns correctly, all that kind of behind the scenes stuff that you don't really think about when you're like 18. You don't really think about like what a 501c3 is. Um, for me, it was exciting because I was told to pick three um, and rank them by like my first choice, second choice, third choice, um, because sometimes your first choice doesn't work out if it um, doesn't get approved for those tax reasons and whatnot. Um, and to provide kind of just a little quick personal statement on why I was choosing it, um, my adult mentor at that time, Mrs. Regeer, um, was really adamant that she wanted it to be something I was personally passionate about. Because when you are personally invested and interested in the project, um, you know, that kind of helps carry you through your year. You have to be really excited and you're talking about this project all the time and giving speeches on it. You want to be invested in it. And then hopefully your membership is going to pick up on that interest um, and, you know, the vibe will be good and everyone will work together to raise money. That's the goal. So for me, uh, my best friend, when we were 16, was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. So she didn't want anyone at our school to know. So it was really just our little group of like six to seven, like girls or little clique um, who knew what was going on. Um, so I really saw firsthand what she was going through and um, how she really needed a lot of more emotional support um, in addition to some of that physical support for, you know, all the chemotherapy and surgery she was going through as well. So when it came time to pick my service project, it was kind of a no brainer to look for something that would support ovarian cancer patients. Um, and surprisingly, there was a very limited selection. There isn't um, a lot of networks out there to really support uh, ovarian cancer patients and their families and everything that they're going through when they're fighting that cancer diagnosis. But I was able to find one that's in the Bay Area, Bay Area Cancer Connections, and they are a brilliant nonprofit that's supporting people with breast and ovarian cancer and their families. Um, and it's it's an incredible service that they're offering between the emotional support, but they offer a lot of practical support and medical support as well. So as soon as I heard about them, I just knew that that had to work out or I would be heartbroken because there was really nothing else that spoke to me as deeply as that did. And luckily it did work out and we were able to support them throughout my year. 
I have to say I remember that entire year. I don't think I knew teal was the color for ovarian cancer until your project was chosen. And then we had like the little bracelets and um, it was such a like an impact on me even um, during your year. Like teal was like this thing I still remember in my mind. <laughs> yeah, it was. I remember um, my assembly for our reception, which every state officer gets sort of like a little party to honor her work through the year. And so for mine, my assembly made for the like little pin on corsages, it was pink and teal ribbons for breast and ovarian cancer. And then um, for my pin, my my pastor or the advisor pin, my parents designed it and it's the cancer ribbon and half of it's pink and half of it's teal. And it's the most precious thing I own. I If my house was on fire, it's like the one thing I would probably would save besides like my dog and, and my like living human family members too. So our third question is, what is the Grandworthy Advisor's role in choosing the Grand Service Project? It, it was a very solitary activity for me. Um, and I, in my mind's eye now, I would love to be able to kind of like redo it where it's really, um, a, you know, more of a group effort where there's really buy-in from the core of officers and you're not just acting alone. Um, and in and in that time frame, all of the activities I was doing was really solitary. So to do this one, have this big decision to start everything off, um, I had to then bring that message to the the group, and it just felt really like a huge amount of responsibility that was incredibly overwhelming. And I didn't know if I was um, up for it, prepared for it, uh, worthy of it <laughs> in every level. Um, so it's it's just a really solitary activity. Um, but like Colleen, you're saying about just having that passion for it, um, you're going to talk about it all year long. And as a rainbow girl, I've been at, at that time, I've been at, you know, many events listening to grandmother advisor after grandmother advisor. I can remember the speeches from when I was a 12 year old listening to it and every project. And actually the link for me went back to the project we had when I joined rainbow and it was a ranch that's not too far here in the San Fernando Valley. And it was for handicapped children that's unfortunately no longer in existence. But doing a volunteer day, I got to have a direct impact with those children. And I think that just kind of stuck with me. So when you're kind of at that time, I didn't have a binder. I didn't have Google, um, you know, stone tablet with rocks. But it was just um, it was a little overwhelming, but I felt a huge amount of responsibility and then it was, I'm competitive. So now it's a, all right, I'm going to get everybody behind this so that we can raise as much money as possible um, and maybe raise the most ever, which we didn't. But it it was a huge amount of money for that one small nonprofit. One of the things I love um, that our grandmother advisors get to do is you can select something that has a very direct community kind of uh, impact, but you can also select something that's part of a larger nationwide or global kind of impact. And I just really like that because a lot of small nonprofits like this year's positive teams, they're really region specific for where they're training, but then those human team members get to take those animals into different places and then their word gets spread uh, to other regions. So I just, I love that opportunity to get a little bit of visibility for small nonprofits. I also love how you said earlier, it, it is sort of one of the first decisions you make when you're pointed um, to be state president. And like you said earlier, Paula, it's a very surreal experience to even be in that situation. Um, you're, you're still, I was still in high school. So I'm like doing AP tests and all that kind of stuff and applying to college. And then all those plans suddenly change and you have this huge responsibility. And so many of the decisions we make are 
or about the organization and thinking, how is this going to impact um, this organization that I care about and the membership? And um, are they going to like this? Are they going to be excited about that? But what was really nice about the grant service project was it was a huge responsibility, but it was something that really felt like it was mine and my decision. And if I was going to care about it, then the organization would care about it. And it felt really comforting to know because we're a service organization and all of us are here because we love service, that no matter what I picked, we were going to make a difference. Um, obviously, I'm also competitive, so it'd be great if we like raised the most money and had the most impact. But at the end of the day, just knowing that there was going to be an impact, no matter how big or small, um, just made the decision so much more comforting. What is it like being... Um, a teen and raising money for a cause that helps people and how much did you raise for your grant service project? We'll jump in. Um, it's really overwhelming. I think being a teen and you're just in high school, you're doing your thing, you're working with Rainbow Girls, you're working with whatever other extracurriculars you're doing. Um, and then suddenly you're in a position where you really have the ability to raise thousands of dollars for an organization that you are passionate about. Um, it's overwhelming, it feels like a huge responsibility and it's, it's also really exciting um, and motivating. And I remember feeling even after my year, like how, how do I keep chasing that feeling of, of being um, useful in my community, of being purposeful in my actions. And so I think um, it, it's kind of been a guiding opportunity throughout my life and something that um, has really motivated me to continue pursuing service in some way. And, uh, you know, ultimately we raised, I believe the total we announced at Grand Assembly was a little over $68,000. And then we had a few more donations that came in at that time. So by the time we presented the final check, it was a little over $70,000. Um, and I can't remember if you do the math, but our, our membership was a bit smaller back then. So if you did the math per capita, our girls raised a lot of money each and they put in a lot of work. And just to know how much our members care about these projects is just inspiring. Every single one of our members is inspiring to me and the service that they're doing for these organizations and for their communities. Um, whenever I think about it, it just really makes me feel very purposeful. Um, and even as an alumni now, it, it makes me feel inspired. I agree with the inspiration part. Um, it is. It starts out with so much of that overwhelming feeling, but you you start to get yourself caught up in the momentum and the energy and excitement of how much money could we possibly raise? Um, and at that time, I I was not, I didn't understand really what impact was. You know, uh, like I'm thinking collision. You know, I wasn't really understanding what an impact would be on an organization, but it was just like having the conversation with the founder, Liz Helms, of what would, um, what would you do with, you know, money that we could potentially raise? And, you know, we share information with these uh, organizations that there's potential for tens of thousands of dollars to be raised. And so they were talking about what they could do with that and uh, and they did it, um, which was really impactful and getting to see the results of it. Um, we raised over $80,000 um, our year and yes, we had more members um, and we had, you know, there were, there were more assemblies. So there were OVs, you know, several nights a week, official visits. Um, where a check from an assembly would be presented and that would get added to that total, but you don't know the running total all year long. So I would get so excited to open that envelope, you know, on a Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Saturday night, um, and just 
keeping it in a ledger and almost forcing myself not to do math all year long. So I would be as surprised as everybody else in the room um, when we finally announced that number. And we have it on videotape of the founder of Ahead With Horses standing there and then dropping to her knees when the total was announced. Um, and she was just a ball of energy anyway, you just could not do anything but love her. Um, and she talked about the impact that this would have on those kids. Um, and they had a horse named Rainbow. They had a Rainbow Corral um, built on the property so that the kids and the animals could kind of interact in the little Western space that they had. It was just phenomenal. It was supplies. It was an animal that could provide therapy to children. Um, that was even more so. Um, but I also wanted to say is because it was local for us, a lot of our assemblies were able to go over there and volunteer time. And I think even Jody, you were saying like later on as an adult, you were able to take some girls from you know the last 15, 20 years to go over and volunteer because it's still in existence, thankfully. Um, so it's still providing support to children, but it's also providing opportunities for volunteers. That now as an adult, all these years later, I try to make it to the demonstration day where the children who are students uh, demonstrate the skills they've learned and uh, the parents are there cheering them on. Um, I've invited friends or I donate if I can't physically go to the event that year. So um, it's just wonderful to see the impact initially, but to see it over time as well is pretty amazing. I also love, I, I don't think a lot of our members or even alumni realize that when we, the Grammar Advisors, get those checks at official visits or other events, we're responsible for those checks. We actually have to take them to the bank and deposit them and track them and all that stuff is, is on the Grammar Advisor. There's so much work that happens in the background for these projects and, and everything that we're doing. And it's so tempting to try and like keep a tally and like know how much you're, you're raising throughout the year. But I think the surprise factor is just so exciting. Um, and like you said, Paula, the impact, BACC um, is a successful nonprofit as well, but it is a small nonprofit. So receiving a large lump sum donation from us can really be life-changing for these organizations and for the people that they're serving. Um, there's such a direct impact that our Rainbow Girls have. Um, and it, it makes me curious, Brianna, I'm, I'm curious if you see that like as an active Rainbow Girl who's raising money for a grant service project right now, how do you feel about it? Um, I know it's like very stressful to like, cause I come from like a small assembly, even though in our area we're the biggest or in our district we're the biggest. So it's hard for us since COVID to find like fundraisings for our grand service project, but you know, once we find out what the Grand Service Project is, we're like, okay, we need to start now. Like, we start immediately for fundraisers. And so, and then when we find out the total, it's so awesome. And I know last year at Grand Assembly, when I was on service court, I was down on the floor when we announced how much money we had. But that was not a chappy zoo. And it was so, like, Awesome. How exciting. And it just, I don't, it's like exciting. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and I think it's important too, 
you know, unfortunately, Rainbow's membership has fallen, but no donation is a small donation. Um, the work that each of you is putting in to raise money does not go unseen. And I can think I can speak for all the Grammarly advisors when I say how much we appreciate and see how much work you're doing on the ground to really mm -hmm. do that. So it's it's just so exciting. I'm glad to hear that our membership is excited about it too. Brianna, I Oh, sorry. I was just going to add um, a few years ago, we had a big engagement with our alumni um, because there was a backpack drive. And we, I know we've done some other drives, but it stands out to me of uh, the competitiveness, you know, kind of bring, you know, bring it back in and, and we'll we'll raise more. But it was a way for alumni who don't have a um, an active uh, participation in Rainbow right now, uh, a way to participate, or if they're not even geographically near California Rainbow, but maybe they're on the East Coast or somewhere else, but maybe it's been a while since they've been involved and it was a way for them to support. And it was amazing. And I think the organization was even just overwhelmed with the amount of backpacks that were donated. Um, so it's just, it's so incredible to see the impact that our organization just here in California, not even looking internationally, but just how much rate money, how much engagement California Rainbow has has had on nonprofits. It's um, pretty amazing. Brianna, I want to turn that last question on you a little bit and ask you as a as a member, um, how does it feel like do you do you feel that you um, have a huge impact as a team being involved, um, not not just raising you know, money for the grand service projects, but even just doing service in your community? Um, I know it has a huge impact. Um, and like just seeing people in general, um, like this past weekend, uh, we did our Civil War reenactment that we haven't had in four years. And we didn't have that many people, but we did have one specific guy that came both days from the other side, which is across the bridge, basically, to get to our side, um, just to buy food from us, even though we were selling the same thing on the other side. But since he was a rainbow dad, he wanted to support us. And... I know like we're doing food banks, even though the, you know, like food drives not going for, you know, grand assembly or whatever. And so our worthy advisor wants to make sure that we're doing any and every project possible, but like you girls or you ladies, not girls, you ladies said, um, as a teen, it's hard to do you know, school and rainbow at the same time and for us it's the same way i'm a senior in high school and i'm trying to like finish high school plus do rainbow so it's it's a battle but it you know it's you try your best so why it's important to find a good cause to support and like how does this stay with you throughout your lifetime? I think it's important to find a cause to support. Um, it, it sounds a little bit cheesy, but you know, in Rainbow, we talk a lot about 
service, having healing power, and really being this integral part of having um, kind of a well-rounded life. Um, and I really do believe in that. I think when you help other people and you apply whatever special personal skills you have to help another cause, you can find a lot of healing for yourself and ultimately receive support back um, in ways that you might not have expected. And I think um, keeping, keeping that in mind has really been helpful. Like you mentioned, Brianna, COVID has been so hard on so many organizations and on us personally as people that feeling useful again when we've been stuck in our houses and stuck on Zoom calls just feels really good to my soul. Um, and I, I would hope that anyone who is struggling can help find some more relief through that and maybe find a network that can support them as well. Um, and, you know, throughout your lifetime, I just really think serving others and finding a cause that you feel motivated by can just be really healthy and um, just, just really motivating for how you want to go throughout your life. I wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly agree. Um, I think, you know, there's been a nice, really welcome shift in uh, a lot more of the population in the last 20 years um, of younger age being interested in giving back and getting involved in their community um, or a local organization, um, whether they're it's through their employer, through their college, um, or those of us who serve in a in a Masonic youth group or a community group, we get involved. I think we're so fortunate that it started so young for anyone who's joined a Masonic youth group. I think you get an opportunity to understand that you can be involved, you can give back, you don't have to wait till you have a job and a paycheck to have some kind of impact. Um, and learning how to volunteer, learning that that is then, oh my gosh, I love doing this. When I would talk to a friend about joining Rainbow way back when, um, that was what I talked about, um, is just, I like you know doing service in the community and I loved making um, bake sale items so that we could sell them when we were doing that or um, serving a dinner volunteering to read at a library or make little trade favors for the those who were um, maybe in a in a recovery room um, or a nursing home. Um, it made me feel like I was doing something that would impact someone else's life. And it started so young. And I just think that's something that's so different and special about our organizations. And I think it sticks with you. I don't necessarily work for a nonprofit now, but I have. And I I know that my experience in Rainbow not only prepared me for it, made me a better employee for a nonprofit organization, but I, I made me passionate. I, I can't work someplace that I really don't wholeheartedly believe in their mission. Um, it's really just something that I think a lot of us struggle with if you're in that kind of, it's just a job. And I think when we live this through Rainbow, when you do it as an adult and it's a kind of a lifelong making an impact everywhere you can, you're doing it for your friends, you're doing it for your community, you're doing it for a cause, whether it's a personal connection to someone that it's who's very dear to you and you get behind that cause, or it's a personal impact to yourself, or it's just something that happens or you come across and you just read a wonderful post about something or someone saying, hey, I'm raising money for my birthday. I learned about um, Charity Water, I think it is, um, through that. One of my, um, one of our fellow past state leaders was doing that for her birthday and donate. And then I learned about the organization. And the more I learned about it, the more I just absolutely loved the mission. I love how they fundraise. I love how they you know, protect their program 
dollars and not spend it just on staffing. It really goes directly to program. So you start to pay more attention. Um, Colleen mentioned earlier about Charity Navigator. It's a great tool um, to find charities that are really making an impact. Um, when I get a phone solicitation, I say thank you so much, but I give locally to organizations I'm already familiar with because I also know that those phone solicitations takes a chunk out of that donation. And I want that dollar to go directly to the program. I want it to go directly um, to the organization. When I got married recently, our gift list was just make donations to Ahead with Horses, my grand service project, but also our local independent radio station. Because it was kind of like, let's make an impact on something else. So I think you just, in Rainbow, you start to live it and it never leaves you. You just continue to follow through with it um, from when you're a teen to when you're not so much a teen, but maybe when you have teens who live in your house. Um, and I, I love now watching my children being involved, finding ways to give back or to collect donations, to volunteer their time. And it becomes full circle. I completely agree too. It's, you know, I, I feel like every time I turn on the news, there's there's something bad happening in the world and social media can be such a negative place sometimes. And you're getting all this sort of negative feedback. Um, and, you know, in my personal life, I feel like I'm constantly having an existential crisis of what's my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing? Am I in the right career? Do I need to go back to school? Trying to figure out what am I supposed to do? Um, and I don't have an answer to that. But when the world starts to feel overwhelming and those questions feel overwhelming, I know I can always come back to, I can help someone else. I can, I can help this person. I can have that conversation. I can support this organization and feel useful. And I think ultimately that's what a lot of people want is to feel useful and impactful. And when you see that direct impact, like Paula was mentioning, it just, it just feels healing. There's that feeling you get when you do pure service that's just for the good of someone else or some other organization and has no self-interest involved. That is just so cleansing and peaceful. Um, and it's just nice to know that we as Rainbow Girls have experienced that through so much of our lives and that we can always come back to that root and just find that healing. And I really think it's important for other people to find something like that for themselves as well, because it's such an overwhelming world. It's nice to know you have something to go back to that it, it's not about you and you can just help someone else. That's really beautiful. Well, I really thank you ladies so much for being on this podcast today. And if anybody feels inspired, to go and serve your community and to find a cause that is near and dear to your heart. Hopefully some of the suggestions and information that you heard on this podcast will inspire you to find a cause to serve. And thank you, Paula, and thank you, Colleen, for being our guests. And thank you, Brianna, for being our hosts. And thank you for joining us on Let's Talk About Leadership, Sisterhood, and Service. And we hope you stay tuned for more podcasts. Thank you.